Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the March 8 Budget and Appropriation Committee. I am Supervisor Connie Chan, Chair of the Committee, and joining us today we have Supervisor Vice, we have Vice Chair um, Supervisor Rafael Mendelman and Supervisor Asher Safai, Hillary Ronan, and Shaman Walton. Our clerk is Brent Halipa. I would like to thank uh, Kalina Mendoza from SFGov TV for broadcasting this meeting. Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcement? Thank you, Madam Chair. With our return to the chamber, just a friendly reminder for those in attendance to please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices and also kindly refrain from any flash photography. Uh, the Board of Supervisors and its committees are now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. First public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. Uh, those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and we will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. For those watching either channels 26, 28, 78, or 99 and SF, tv.org the public comment call-in number is streaming across the screen that number is 415-655-0001 again that's 415-655-0001 then enter the meeting id of 2497903-8744 then press pound twice when connected you will hear meeting discussions but you'll be muted and in listening mode only when your item of interest comes up and public comment is called. Those joining us in person should line up to speak, and those on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you're on your telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and all listening devices you may be using, and each speaker will be allowed up to two minutes to speak unless otherwise stated. Alternatively, you may submit public comment and writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Budget and Appropriations Committee Clerk, at b-r-e-n-t dot j-a-l-i-p-a, at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall. That's 1, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. And finally, Madam Chair, uh, items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors' agenda of March 14th, unless otherwise stated. Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk, um, for uh, just a reminder for everyone that we have budget and legislative analyst reports for both items before us today. And so for those items, for these items that, you know, uh, we will actually have department presentation first, uh, immediately followed by budget and legislative legislative analyst reports, and then we will take questions and public comment. So Mr. Clerk, could you please call item number one and two together? Yes, Madam Chair, items one and two are resolutions approving amendments to grant agreements between the Office of Economic and Workforce Development and the following programs uh, to be effective upon approval of these resolutions and to authorize the Director of Office and, uh, of Economic and Workforce Development to enter into amendments or modifications to the contract prior to its final execution by all parties that do not materially increase the obligations or liabilities to the city and are necessary to effectuate the purposes of the contract. Uh, item one approves amendment number two with Mid-Market Foundation for management of the Mid-Market Tenderline Community-Based Safety Program to increase the, uh, to increase the grant amount by approximately $3.1 million for a total not to exceed amount of approximately $23.5 million with no change to the grant period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2023. Item 2 
previous amendment number four to the San Francisco Tourism uh, Improvement District Management Corporation for management of the Downtown Welcome Ambassador Program to increase the grant amount by approximately 3.3 million for a total not to exceed the amount of approximately 13.2 million with no change to the grant period of July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2023. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on these resolutions should call. 415-655-0001 uh, with the meeting ID of 2497-9038774, then press pound twice. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. Hey, system prompt will indicate that you've raised your hand. And uh, please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your signal to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, before we start, I want to say that... Um, you know, I think this is a body that has uh, different ideas and different opinions, um, but I think that collectively we understand that uh, we want alternatives to law enforcement um, and we want uh, uh, public safety for our city. We, we want uh, to make sure that each district uh, and our constituents can feel safe and actually uh, we all understand that clean and safe streets is really the core value and core city services that our city is responsible to deliver for all our constituents no matter where they are. And, uh, you know, I think both for the mid-market and downtown areas, uh, we, are, we are mindful of the challenges that our colleagues, uh, Board President Aaron Peskin, which is, you know, uh, representing part of the downtown area, as well as uh, Supervisor Matt Dorsey and Supervisor Dean Preston, who is now after redistricting the representative of mid-market Tenderloin area. We want to support not just our colleagues uh, and you know the mayor and our city departments. We definitely, most importantly, we understand that collectively, really, we are here to serve San Franciscans, and we want to deliver clean and safe streets. Uh, is the reason why I do believe that you know we may have a different of opinions on many things. What we can come to agree on and collectively is that we want public safety for our city and um, ambassador programs uh, can probably uh, it, it's part of that solution uh, and and I think that uh, most of us agree and so I with that said um, we we have questions you know I think that's what this conversation is about today um, originally before us today is the uh, as item that was read off by Mr. Clerk, uh, that we see that is a increase uh, of these two contracts before us, both one for mid-market and one for uh, downtown ambassador programs. Um, so I think without further ado, we do want the presentation uh, today from our city departments. And today, I think specifically we have Catherine Daniel, uh, Director of Economic Recovery Initiative from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Uh, I do believe that there are others uh, that are here to help answer questions too, including Dr. Lena Miller, uh, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder Urban Alchemy. Uh, Louis Hammond, uh, Director of Acquisition, Talents, and Training. Mandy Hall, Director of San Francisco Welcome Ambassador Program. And Sam Dodge, Director of Street Response Coordination Department's Emergency Management. I think everyone's here um, because we also understand that uh, 
besides the two contracts before us, there are actually a good handful of ambassador programs citywide um, that we want to have a discussion about. Um, but with that, uh, let's start with the presentation. Thank you, Chair Chan. Um, and thank you, Vice Chair Mandelman and the members of the Budget and Appropriations Committee. Uh, as Chair Chan said, I'm Catherine Daniel, the Director of Economic Recovery Initiatives for OEWD. And uh, we are here to talk about two of OEWD's ambassador contracts um, per charter section 9.118, any contract that exceeds $10 million or an amendment over $500,000 requires approval of the Board of Supervisors. Um, and so we are here to seek that approval uh, and your recommendation to approve today. Uh, I do want to confirm at the outset that this is not a supplemental request. Uh, we are seeking your approval to amend contracts with funds that were approved in uh, our 21-22 uh, budget uh, to add to these grants. Okay, um, and so there are two items before you today. Um, one is the resolution that would amend the grant with Mid-Market Foundation for the Mid-Market Tenderloin Community Safety Ambassador Program uh, by 3.1 million through the end of this fiscal year. Uh, the second is a resolution that would amend our, uh, our grant with the San Francisco Tourism Improvement District uh, to increase the downtown welcome ambassador contract by 3.3 million also through June of this year. In addition, uh, OEWD is proposing amendments to the resolutions, which you should also have in your packets. Uh, the first is to increase the mid-market foundation grant by $10 million uh, and through December of 2023. Uh, the second is to amend the Downtown Welcome <coughs> Ambassador Grant by an additional $3 million, also through December 31st of 2023. Uh, these funds also were approved as part of OEWD's two-year budget through last year's budget cycle, and the intent of these amendments is to ensure that upon confirmation of our budget uh, at the end of, our, of the budget process, that as of July 1, we can, we can amend contracts and continue programming uh, without disruption. So the, uh, the table in the presentation just gives you an overview of you know, the current grants with both of these organizations, what the amendment for this fiscal year would do in terms of adding funds to those grants, and then what the amendment for the next fiscal year would do in terms of adding uh, funds to these contracts. And with that, I will just give a review of, of what these grants are funding. So starting with the Mid-Market Tenderloin Community-Based Safety Program, this is, pro this is a program that is really aimed at supporting the economic recovery of Mid-Market and, um, and the Tenderloin communities. It supplements public health and safety services in the district, and ambassadors are, t are providing a constant presence in those communities to deter negative behavior and really uh, actively provide support to people in need, as well as offering assistance to visitors to the district 
and, um, and work in close coordination with city agencies in order to respond to situations that arise in real time. You can see from this map uh, the, the coverage area of the ambassadors and the bright green is, is what was expanded, the, the, geogra the geographic area that the uh, 3.1 is, um, is paying for. Uh, all told, it's about 80 block faces, it is about 100 posts, and, um, and these ambassadors are active seven days a week, 12 hours a day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Mid-Market Foundation uh, is the lead applicant to the RFP that OEWD released. It represents a coalition of organizations that collectively provide this service with the lion's share of the, um, of, the, of the grant funds going to Urban Alchemy to provide those direct services on the ground with Mid-Market Foundation really uh, playing a coordination role uh, to design the program, work with community, work with city agencies to make sure that it is responsive to the needs of the community, uh, and then to do also sort of the ongoing evaluation and quality control of the program. Um, Urban Alchemy, again, has the, is, is actually the entity that is employing ambassadors. And I do know that there are questions about sort of the training of ambassadors and how they are prepared to uh, offer the support services that they do. Um, I would like at this time just to bring up Dr. Elena Miller and Lou Hammonds to just talk briefly about, about their approach to doing that. Hello, supervisors. It's very good to be here today. Thank you. Um, so, uh, as you know, Urban Alchemy, we prioritize hiring former long-term offenders. That means that people who've had decades in prison, so not just incarcerated. It's kind of a different in a mindset. Um, and because of the, the different level of discipline and life experiences, um, that uh, it, it, it's what really allowed us to expand our program, right, and, and, to, and to have the kind of quality and get the kind of results. I think uh, what's happened, the phenomena that we've seen, is that people see our people out there and they say, I can do that. I want to do that. We get stopped on the street all the, when I get clean or when I get, I want to join Urban Alchemy and people who even aren't. And, you know, we've hired a lot of people who are living unhoused right by our areas in tents and you know, and, and now even young people from the community who've been completely disconnected from the workforce, they see people who are like their elders and you know, who they could see themselves in or their family members and they say, I wanna be like you guys. Because you know, they're, they're almost like superheroes, you know, they're holding down the block and they're very serious and, and all of that, and so, and we've tried to, uh, and we, ha we've, we have, we accommodated it. So, um, and it's great, because so many people have hope that they didn't have before. Um, and, and but, but it's also changed our mix a little bit. So it's not all formally incarcerated, at least not for long periods, you know? It, it's a mix of, of folks. Um, and I think the most important uh, part of what we're doing, though, is we're creating a new model. Um, I think across the country, we've heard this 
um, this demand, this desire for, for somebody other than uh, the police to respond to things that don't require police response. Um, and I think that we've, well, I know we've done a great job in developing that. You know, between San Francisco and Los Angeles, we are the largest uh, community-based public safety in the country. Um, and we have a lot of other cities who are asking us uh, to be able to, um, to go there and start it. And, but I think the important part to remember about that is this is like new. <laughs> this is a brand new model. Um, and it's not easy to put something like that together. Um, but we've been, we've, we've been pretty good so far. Uh, and one of it is we've brought in some really super dynamic people on the back end to build our infrastructure to finally meet what we've been doing on the programmatic side. Um, we've really worked a lot around training because we know that's what, what is your training like? What is your training like? You know, so it's like, okay, you know, we got to get this all codified and really work hard. Um, how do you connect people to services? Getting that, you know, what does our data look like? Um, and so we've really had to do a tremendous job on the infrastructure piece and also the quality control. And the quality control and, the, and codifying how, we're, how we engage and, and interact on the street um, so that Urban Alchemy should be like Starbucks in a way. You can go to Starbucks in Seattle, you can go to Starbucks in New York, it's gonna look different, it's gonna feel different based on the neighborhood, but that cup of coffee, it should always be the same quality. And that's really what, where we're at with Urban Alchemy is, is really um, is, is getting the quality to a certain standard and making sure um, that the training is top notch. To that end, uh, we have training that uh, I've developed as a psychologist. It's based on science. It's also based on uh, decades of lived experience of what we know works and what doesn't. Louis is going to talk about our training um, uh, in a minute. Um, but we're also bringing in some, some university professors and psychology and other people who have, who have worked for the city and in prestigious positions because we're attracting people. People are like, man, this is where the work is right now. This is what's going on. I want to be a part of this. And so we know what we have to do and we are doing it. But the most important part I think about Urban Alchemy before I hand this over to Lou is that we have created jobs and careers with benefits for people who've been completely locked out of the economy. We're talking about the most vulnerable San Franciscans. We have shattered the first source records. We, Urban Alchemy is killing it. We're like 50% of the next person who's behind us in the 20 years that first source has been there. We are putting San Franciscans to work and giving them hope and dignity and purpose and, and, a, and, a, and a sense of the future and who they are in their communities. And that is what I am most excited about. Our workforce in San Francisco is 835. Where would these 835 people be if they were not working for Urban Alchemy? 
Now, the one thing, before, again, before I hand it over to Lou, the one thing I think we really need, what I would love, is that we got to get better data in the communities that we are for the times and really show uh, the impact that we've been able to make. We have stuff from the Mid-Market Foundation, the surveys and stuff. You know, we have all that to show that I think it was 78% said they have a good impression of Urban Alchemy. I think 76% or something said they had a positive engagement. And so, but what we really need to look at is I think we need to look at the stats and the data from the police, you know, across the board. And we need to be able to see, you know, you have this level of investment, what's the impact? I'm up here asking for it because I know it's going to be good, because that's going to give me a leg to stand on when we come to places like uh, when we come to, to this kind of thing. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Lou, and hopefully you can talk about our training. Hello. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Privileged to be here today. A little bit nervous. Apologize. <clears throat> as, it, as it relates to our training, I, first I want to just say it's very important to me uh, as a former long-term offender that was released in 2017 and given an opportunity to give back to my community. Thank you, Dr. Miller, in the city of San Francisco. It's important that anyone that steps out into this, what we call our community of care, that's whatever area you're placed in is your community of care, that they have the ability to be successful. And that's based around our trainings. And I would, you know, go ahead and venture off to say that a lot of this curriculum along with Dr. Miller's that was uh, created through her studies was the long-term offender in CDCR uh, had no classes, no groups, nothing that was really being offered to the long-term offender in prison. And we had to create our own curriculum. We had to start to really self-examine and understand why, because the board was going to ask that question, who were you then? Very important. Who are you now, and how did you get to that place where you committed such a heinous crime? That takes a lot of work, and that takes a lot of study, and that takes hours and hours of really kind of self-examining and working through CDR, CDCR's uh, curriculum. We have most of our practitioners, not all of them, but they're KDAC counselors. They have got certification through uh, the city and the state of California to be drug counselors, and that's who we predominantly hire because that's the LTO. We were put in substance abuse programs, seeking safety, coming out of Texas Christian University, uh, motivational interviewing, a lot of the uh, emotional regulation and anger management things. That's what we've also developed and put into the place of what we're giving our urban alchemy practitioners. Now, as it comes out to the community, what does that look like? It starts with, why are you here? Really, why are you here? Because what we're talking about at Urban Alchemy is paying people to be kind. And we're talking about, do you really have an investment of making a change in your community? And if you do, then we're going to make sure that you get every option to learn de-escalation, advanced de-escalation, conflict resolution, motivational interviewing, what our vision, mission, and values are, which are in line with a trauma-informed lens. I think that's the first part. Because we've experienced everything that we're seeing in the streets, we know that it's not us versus them. It's just us. And it just being us, it says, if I can do it, you can too. And so in real time, with real scenarios where, you know, we're in the classroom and we're really, you know, what are you going to do? Because one thing that I do t really teach and train on is emotional regulation. Self-control and self-discipline is two of our seven values at Urban Alchemy. Self-control and self-discipline. 
you're going to have to have self-control to emotionally regulate when you're called out your name, you're called the N-word, you're called to be a F or this or that and spit on, and how do you maintain your composure? We practice that. People get spit on, right? Back when, and we're not uh, the Honorable uh, Martin Luther King, but before they took those freedom rides, they had some freedom tests. And some people could not withstand being called out their name. And guess what? They weren't on that bus because that would have been an ugly looking Alabama. Well, that's with us here. We, we're testing you, too. We, we can't have you doing that. And we're going to run the test. We're going to run the gauntlet. We're going to really investigate. We have not only in the classroom work, but we also have on the job training, which you'll be under a, a strong director who is really he's. Um, field-based, right, because it's really important that what you do in the field could be opposite of what you're doing inside of a classroom, and we take that very serious, and it's important, and I'm a believer, so, I mean, I think that's one of the most important. When I say I'm a believer, I'm a believer of giving back to my community. I'm a believer that we as the community restoratively can bring back the web of relationships, can start to bring others back into the fold that were ostracized and say that, hey, together, we can stand. And Dr. Miller said it yesterday, and this is really just the secret sauce. Interpersonal relationships. You want to know what our trainings are? Let's go to Stephen's, uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's it in a nutshell. Creating interpersonal relationships, genuine and sincere, and affecting those relationships in real time with real people. Thank you. And if you'd like a list of all the trainings, then Absolutely. we're happy to provide that as well. You're welcome to come into one of our trainings and get a firsthand experience and really enjoy that too. I, I'd look forward to it. I'd be a little bit afraid, but uh, you're going to get it raw and uncut and we'll have some fun. Okay, um, just to... Just to sort of close the, in addition, I mean, in terms of evaluating the effectiveness of the program, you know, we do get monthly reports just around the activities that the ambassadors are engaged in, and then also the biannual survey that Mid-Market Foundation conducts. Um, Dr. Miller sold themselves a little short. The, the numbers are actually better <laughs> than, uh, than what you said, but 88% of the community are or the, the survey respondents are familiar with the program. You can see that overwhelmingly people do feel safer while Urban Alchemy is, um, is active and, um, and promoting positive experiences. So, um, so then lastly and in conclusion, you know, just as to understand sort of the need around this, this uh, amendment, uh, the map here shows the contraction that we would need to implement in April if the amendment is not uh, approved. Uh, this would be obviously a significant loss of, of sort of territory and coverage uh, that is represented by, by Urban Alchemy Ambassadors and, um, and 87 individuals who would be laid off as of April. Uh, I'm going to go straight into the Welcome Ambassador program, um, and then and then we can you know have all of the con the questions that you may have. Um, so the Welcome Ambassadors are a different kind of ambassador. Uh, this program is really aimed at supporting the economic recovery of downtown and our tourism industry. Uh, it, it the ambassadors are 
are really responsible for promoting a, re a, a high quality, engaging and welcoming presence throughout the downtown and key tourist areas uh, and destinations within San Francisco. Uh, the coverage area is larger. These ambassadors are roving and there are about 35 to 40 ambassador posts out at any given, um, at any given time. Although like the uh, Mid-Market Foundation and the Urban Alchemy Ambassadors, they are also out seven days a week, 12 hours a day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, also, like Mid-Market Foundation, uh, the SF Tourism Im uh, Improvement District really plays a coordination and convening role for the program and designing the program operationally, uh, coordinating with conventions and with meeting planners and hotels as large events are coming into the city uh, with, many of the, with many of the downtown stakeholders as well as with city agencies. Uh, while block by block receives the subcontract and is actually the employer of record and, um, and deploying, giving the direct service of those ambassadors on the street. Uh, SF Travel plays a, um, an administrative and sort of back office function. Uh, I do want to call Mandy Hall up to talk about specifically what the ambassadors are doing on the street and the impact that they are having on our tourism industry. Thank you, Kat, and thank you, everyone. The numbers reflect the success of our program and the hard work of the Welcome Ambassadors. These are just a few examples of what our team has achieved. There have been over 6,000 welfare checks with services offered to each person. Referrals have been made over 222,000 times to businesses which include coffee shops, attractions, museums, restaurants, many of which are small family businesses which need all the foot traffic they can get. The program gets positive daily feedback about the program itself and also thanking individual ambassadors. We now have over 1,000 emails which are from locals, small businesses, from visitors around the US and around the world. They all support the program they all want the program to continue, and they all say it's had a positive impact on them. A lot of them also say they wish it was happening in other cities. The program also has a lot of local support, as you can see from this sample list, which includes unions, small businesses, and many others. On a professional level, the program was awarded Best Visitor Experience by the California Travel Association in 2022. Tourism is hugely important to San Francisco. These figures from 2019 are the last reliable data we have, as well as bringing in $819 million in local taxes. Tourism also supported more than 86,000 jobs and 83% of all small businesses in the city. Of the $10.3 billion spent, more than 20% of this came through meetings and conventions. Our current number of meetings are down, and planners are reporting to us that this is mainly due to perceived safe and cleanliness issues. 
We currently have seven large conventions at risk of cancelling over the next 12 months, and this would have a huge negative economic impact. Our program is being used as a sales tool with all the meeting planners. We let them know that welcome ambassadors will be out on the streets to welcome, direct their attendees, as well as answer any questions they may have. They will also ensure that working together with other city agencies, the areas walked will be kept as clean and safe as possible. Feedback from meetings that have already experienced our program has been positive and they state the need for it to continue. This program gives us an, a competitive edge over other cities, which we cannot afford to lose. Our small businesses, our hospitality jobs, our economy, all need this program to continue. Thank you for your support. Okay, and then just um, as the last slide for, for the overview of the Welcome Ambassadors, similar to uh, Mid-Market Foundation, um, if, yes, if we do not um, amend the contract, as of April, the, the program would need to end. Um, and uh, that would mean about 100 uh, job losses um, as of April 10th. Um, and so I think that, you know, lastly, and one of the things that I think that we've, we've all heard, and, and I think everybody in this city really agrees on, is that um, the city needs to support the ongoing coordination and the effectiveness of these programs um, in order to really maximize their success and to evaluate the broader impact uh, in, the, in the communities where they're active. And so OEWD is partnering with DEM um, in order to work. DEM is really leading that work around broader uh, coordination and, um, and program evaluation. And so I'd just like to end with bringing up Sam Dodge to talk a little bit about the plans for the future and, um, and then take all questions. Supervisor Sam Dodge, Department of Emergency Management. And I've had the distinct honor of uh, moving over to the Department of Emergency Management to work on a variety of projects. And we've built out a small team to work on these interdepartmental efforts. And so, People may know the Healthy Streets Operations Centers or the Tenderloin South of Market Joint Field Operations that we're working on. It's kind of a successor of the Tenderloin Emergency Initiative. We're also helping to convene around the street response teams and see if there's opportunity for sharing and collaboration, consolidation where possible. Um, so this made a lot of sense when OEWD came in the fall and said, you know what, we really feel like we should do a deep dive and we should see how operations can be improved and if there's a way to get better outcomes, to uh, be more parsimonious with the you know, scarce resources that we have and to analyze where we are, what we're doing, and under a whole basket of activities that we call ambassadorship. As we see in just these two contracts, it couldn't be more different activities that are intended and being carried out. But there's also a, another group of ambassador programs that is out there. And so I was able to recruit and, and hire Andre Torrey, who's going to start very soon. And he's was at the uh, uh, OSEA, running the ambassador programs there for a long time. He's coming out of uh, the community 
work out of the planning department. He's been working on the Mission 2020 plan and others. So he has deep experience and I'm really excited to bring him on. And, um, you know, we're going to look at the training, uh, make sure that, that everyone is, their operations are good and that they're connected to these other's responses so that no one ambassador is out there trying to solve the world's problems, but they're connected to the rest of the city and all of our opportunities. And that's something that from DEM and our dispatch capacity and our emergency coordination capacity that we can be experts in. So um, with that, I'll, that's enough. Thank you. So um, with that, we'll open it up to any questions that you may have or if you want the BLA to report. Thank you. Good afternoon, Madam Chair, members of the committee, Dan Goncher with the Budget and Legislative Analyst Office. Item one is a proposed resolution that would approve the second amendment to OEWD's grant agreement with the Mid-Market Foundation to increase the not to exceed amount from 20,490,000 to 23,590,570, an increase of three, about 3.1 million with no change to the term. In October, the mayor announced an increase to the city's community ambassador programs to enhance public safety services. According to OEWD staff, the proposed $3.1 million increase includes approximately $2.6 million to expand the service area in the Market Street and Civic Center area between December 2022 and June 2023 from the mayor's enhancement and also $500,000 to provide 20 additional ambassadors to United Nations Plaza between January and March of this year to offset ambassador staffing previously funded through the Tenderloin Linkage Center. According to OEWE staff, the proposed $3.1 million increase would be funded uh, by $2.6 million in, in OEWD budget savings from mayoral economic recovery programming at OEWD including savings from lower spending on assistance to small businesses, certain activations for the Civic Center area and other programs, and the remaining $500,000 would be funded by a work order from the Department of Public Health. Also, according to uh, OEWD staff, the Department of Emergency Management, as uh, Ms. Daniels just mentioned, will be coordinating um, with OEWD and the Department of Public Health to determine where a continued ambassador presence is needed in the city. This coordination will inform decisions related to ongoing staffing, contracting, and service levels in the mayor's fiscal year 23-24 proposed budget. And one of the recommendations we have in our report regarding that is that the board could request that those three departments report on how needs for ambassadors in an employment across the city will be determined in future years during the upcoming budget process. Due to the uncertainties regarding future plans for the program and the limited pool of proposers for the uh, RFP approval and proposed resolution, uh, approval of the proposed resolution is a policy matter for the Board of Supervisors. If the Board decides to not approve the proposed resolution, these funds could be made available for another purpose under a separate Board of Supervisors action. It, and we do note that this would have an impact on the provision of community ambassadors in, in the Tenderloin and Mid-Market area. And um, I believe the department had a slide that kind of spoke to that. They would be best able to speak to what the actual impact would be on, on those services. Um, one alternative um, that the board could consider 
is providing additional funding for the Department of Public Works block cleaner program to address street and sidewalk conditions in the Tenderloin and other neighborhoods. The block cleaner program is a pre-apprenticeship program, uh, workforce development program that employs unemployed and underemployed people and serves as a pathway for staff to enter DPW's apprenticeship program. Assuming overhead rates of 50% plus additional amounts for uniforms and materials and supplies, we estimate that adding 10 block cleaners would cost approximately $1.1 million. According to DPW staff, 81 public service aides are currently employed uh, on various programs, including the block cleaner program. Again, our recommendations for this item are that the board uh, requests that the Department of Emergency Management, Office of Economic and Workforce Development, and, and public health staff report back on how future needs for ambassadors and, and deployment across the city will be determined in future years during the fiscal year 23-24 budget process. And we do consider approval of the proposed resolution a policy matter for the Board of Supervisors. That's item one. Item two is also a proposed resolution. Item two would, would approve the fourth amendment to the Office of uh, Economic and Workforce Development's grant agreement with the San Francisco Tourism Improvement District Management Corporation. It would increase the not to exceed amount from $9,927,000 to $13,227,000, an increase of $3.3 million, with no change to the existing term of July 2021 to June 2023. The existing grant provides funding for deliverables due through March of this year. The proposed increase of $3.3 million funds deliverables due to the city between April and June of this year which were not previously funded. The proposed $3.3 million increase will be funded by OEWD's uh, current year budget for the grant, including carry forwards from last year. We have a uh, summary of the grant budget um, in exhibit three on page 16 of our report. Um, we do note in our report under policy considerations on page, starting on page 17, uh, we have a discussion of the, um, what we saw as fairly restrictive um, requirements and proposal timeline for the original RFP that was issued in 2021 for, the, for this contract. Um, according to OEWD staff, um, the qualifications uh, that were included in the RFP um, were included so that the grantees would be able to provide community relationships and perspectives necessary for the successful deployment and success of the program. In addition, we noted that the 2021 RFP was only open for two weeks. And according to OEWD staff, the short timeline was due to the urgency to start the program. We note, however, that this timeline combined with the minimum qualifications may have limited the pool of proposers. We also note that the administrative and non-personnel costs total uh, $1.4 million or 10.7% of the grant budget and do not provide direct services. These costs appear high to us given that the block by block budget uh, includes salaries and benefits for two operation managers and one general manager, as well as amounts for administrative support, uniforms and equipment. Um, again, we have another discussion about uh, how the Department of Emergency Management will be coordinating with OEWD and, and public health uh, on the future need for ambassadors. And we have a, the same recommendation in this item as we did in item one. We also have a, an additional recommendation in, for item two, and that is 
uh, to amend the proposed resolution to clarify that the contract term begins on July 1st, 2021 and not July 1st, 2022. And like item one, we consider item two a policy matter for the board. We're available for any questions. Thank you. Um, I, I think the question I have right now is that uh, looking at the presentation and what was prepared, um, that there seems to be additional amendments for the both dollar amount and contract terms. That is additional 10 millions for one contract and additional three millions for the other and both to be extended for December 31st, 2023, which is the calendar calendar year not the fiscal year and I think the question that I have for the budget and legislative analysts is that have this information be presented to you and that have you had the chance and the opportunity to look over these proposed amendments and being able to provide us any type of feedback both uh, as just very similarly to what you have already provided funding source where is the money coming from and uh, just some basic analysis I only have a high-level understanding of what the amendments would be. We have not received um, those materials from the department yet. Um, I just understand that $10 million, um, I believe, is for the Tenderloin bid market, and another $3 million would be proposed for downtown, uh, and that those funds would come out of next year's budget. But I have not been able to, to look at any underlying documents. Sorry, the next year budget as... So um, I, I just... Sorry, colleagues. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, what is before us? Uh, what is before us today as schedule is uh, roughly three million dollars for each mid-market and downtown, which provided the analysis in the budget and legislative analyst report. When we understand uh, the funding is that they they're both uh, budgeted uh, for the existing. Uh, fiscal years, uh, there are cost saving from somewhere else like small business or civic center uh, uh, program or ec mayor's economic recovery program. These are the funding sources to be augmented to to be added to these two contracts. That's my understanding that for Tenderloin Mid-Market, it is uh, savings within the same general bucket of economic recovery from other programs within that bucket as well as $500,000 work order from DPH. My understanding is for the downtown ambassadors that it is current year funding for the grant so that there's no savings coming from anywhere else, as well as I think they had some carry forwards from last year that is uh, that they could use in that bucket. But for the $10 million for the mid-market and the $3 million for downtown, uh, which is the additional amendments on top of what actually been introduced and um, and scheduled for today's agenda. The additional dollar amount is really for the upcoming 23-24 uh, budget. That's correct. That's the funding source. That's correct. Okay, thank you. Um, Supervisor Safai. You know, I, I've been on this committee for a couple years now, and I have to tell you this is probably one of the most convoluted proposals that I've seen brought to this committee. Um, and this has nothing to do with the people that are providing the work. But this has everything to do with the way that the department and the requests are coming in. Let me just review some of the history. So first, this grant was approved in 2021. And it's been amended a couple times. And, and what I don't understand is why the, why the amendments are being chosen and the dates are being chosen in such short periods of time. Like the first time it's ending is in March. 
Not very many times does a contract end in March, and then the request was already in November 22. In the BLA's report, it says, in November 22, the Board of Supervisors, we approved, this body approved already an amendment to carry it through July of, that, of 2022, um, and now, and then extended it from March to June 30th. So we've done that already one time. So this is like the third or fourth time that we're being asked to look at this contract again and it doesn't seem like there's a really well thought out plan. I just have to be honest. It feels like this is just constant reaction. Before I get into more criticism of the way that this is being presented, I just wanna say personally, my interactions with Urban Alchemy and the work that they have done in my district has been phenomenal. They did our upper yard uh, safe parking. They're now on our corridor and they're doing phenomenal work. We're getting nothing but positive feedback from businesses, community leaders and others even those that might have been initially skeptical, um, they have been nothing but supportive of the work that's being done. Um, that being said, we have waited two years to get three or four people on the ground. And already in this current proposal, there's 225 ambassadors for 80 blocks. And now we're being asked to add an additional 20, if I read what the BLA report says correctly. So then that would bring the number up to 245 for that area. And I understand it's not apples and oranges. Uh, the Excelsior Quarter is not the same as the Tenderloin Mid-Market area by any means. But the demand and the need in the city is, is, I would say, not equal, but there's a lot of demand and need in different parts of San Francisco and the neighborhoods. And so I think that is also another point that I would like to underscore is that there's a lot of areas of the city that are waiting for and needing additional services. Just last week, five of my businesses were broken into. Just in the last couple weeks, two pharmacies, one jeweler, two restaurants, consistent theme of people not feeling safe. And so now that Urban Alchemy has been there and they've just been there for a short period of time, already we've been getting nothing but positive feedback. On the ambassador, uh, downtown ambassador, I'm very supportive of that. I uh, have spoken to many people that have visited the city, many people that have interacted with them. They've had nothing but positive things to say. It's definitely welcoming in that regard, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it is really welcoming to have someone there to guide you, to understand and feel better about where you are in the city. And their presence makes people feel comfortable, so I, I'm supportive of that. But back to the proposal that's in front of us, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared to support the, the preliminary request, which is to, to add, because it seems like there were some mistakes made in terms of when the contract would end in March, to continue it to June 30th. But I'm having a harder time understanding um, what the final request is to extend it to the end of the year. And then are you going to be back again in, let's say, August saying, the contract's gonna end in December 30th. We need you again to extend it to the end of the... So this feels like a constant theme that this is not the first time. It's also not fair to this organization because this organization is just responding to the requests of the city. And I think they're doing good work on the ground, but I think the way that this is being managed and implemented is not being done in a great way. So I, I wanna give you the opportunity to respond to that um, because an additional 20, at 500,000, an additional 10 million to the end of the year, an additional 3 million to the end of this fiscal year. It, it just feels like this is just a constant state of uncertainty. Understood. Um, 
So I think f first I want to address just one point of clarification. We are not proposing to add any additional ambassadors at this time. The two okay, let me just excuse you okay. for one second. So I'm just reading the BLA's report on page four, and it says, Mid-Market Foundation subcontracts two organizations, Urban Alchemy and Urban Space Planning. Urban Alchemy will provide 225 community ambassadors to cover 80 block faces within the Mid-Market Tenderloin Community-Based Safety Program area between 7 and 7 p.m. Every day, the proposed amendment would add 20 community ambassadors between January 23 to March 23, a three-month period to provide increased services to UN Plaza. Supervisor, sorry yes. about this. Um, the Sam Dodge, Department of Emergency Management. So that is a pretty unique situation because you remember in you know, December uh, that we shut down the Tenderloin Center rather abruptly. Um, and one of the things that we had an asset at the Tenderloin Center was 20 practitioners from Urban Alchemy that were there doing greeting, doing bag checks, helping to uh, facilitate the experience there. And one of the concerns that I had um, and others had was that how do we transition people in a thoughtful way to sustainable services um, that had been regularly coming to the Tenderloin Center daily, sometimes multiple times a day to use their services. And one of the thoughts that we had was to extend those 20 people that had a by name uh, relationship with people that had been there uh, from Urban Alchemy to stay in place and to help with that transition. And they said, we asked, um, this was a contract that was with Public Health. Public Health said, well, we're gonna be out of there. You have this existing tenderloin and mid-market uh, community-led safety program. What if we uh, funded them to, to be there? And I said, you know, for me, it's these individuals and their experience and expertise and relationships that it's going to be very important to maintain. And so that's that why, sense. and I didn't, it's, it is kind of arbitrary. I didn't want it to end in a month. Two months didn't seem like enough. And so we said, you know, let's taper down to the end of March, and hopefully that will be, a, you know, a responsible wind so, down. So it is an addition. Yeah, the March for the twenty. Right. Yeah, that is because we know that we couldn't couldn't go on and on and on. I mean, I'm sure so that, the that, that was, UN uh, Plaza could only, use it always. The only point I was trying to underscore is there's an addition and there's an existing 225. And then there's a request for now, by the way, I don't want anyone to lose their job. I want consistency. And I understand that that's one of the things I'm hearing. But we're also getting all this kind of bits and pieces of information. It's not necessarily being presented that clearly. So, I mean, it's taken me literally two or three times to read through this to fully understand where, the, and I still don't, and, and I, I'd like to transition from you. I'd like to ask our, our budget director, I know she's on the line. I'd like to get a clear response on exactly where the money's coming from. Because I know that there was a lot of requests in the previous year for small business support. Now I'm hearing that some of this money is unused small business support money and it's being reallocated to this, half a million from DPH. But where is the balance? Where is the additional amendments that are in front of us today? Where is that money coming from? I, I think it was talked about a little bit, but I, I really want to understand exactly where the money is coming from and how it's already been allocated and it will be spent. So if, if, 
Ms. Dooning is on the line. Are you there, Ms. Dooning? Maybe not. Hi, Supervisor Safai. Oh, yes. Can you all hear me? Yes. Yes. Good afternoon, and thank you for the question. So in this year's budget, uh, the mayor allocated a package of funding in OEWD for downtown activation, small businesses, events, and ambassadors. In, within that package of funding, that's where this money is coming from. In, in this current year that we're currently in? For in year, this current year. Year one or two. So the, go ahead, I'm sorry. In the second year of the budget, there's also funding set aside for a package of downtown initiatives to support the areas in and around downtown, including ambassadors. So and what the department is requesting through the second amendment is contract authority mm -hmm. so that they come July 1st, 2023 with funding that is, has already been pre-approved. They do not need to interrupt services. So this is money that's already been allocated to spend. So this is money that's already been allocated, and you want the ability to 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 contract for it now instead of waiting. But it's something that's already been allocated. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better for sure. So that that's that's positive. Um, the unspent small business money is not positive. But I, I had a conversation with the director of uh, OEWD this morning and let her know. And we had a, a, a conversation about support citywide and the need to ensure that that's something that's spread around equally. So, um, okay, those are my questions for now. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Supervisor Safai, Supervisor Walton. Thank you so much, Chair Chan. And one, I, I just wanna say you know, thank you to Urban Alchemy for their work and community. Uh, they really do save lives. I mean, I've seen videos of them reviving folks who uh, were on the street with, um, because of fentanyl and because of overdoses and reviving them with Narcan. They are really a true reentry program uh, that makes sure when folks come home, they can actually enter back into society and be productive, get a wage, and actually raise a family. I've had conversations with several of the men and women and the staff just in community. And so I know the great work that Urban Alchemy does. Um, I do have a question for Director Daniel or Director Sophus, whoever wants to answer. What day of the week did I last meet with you? I believe it was Tuesday, Supervisor. What's today? Today's Wednesday. Did you mention anything about amendments to me or my office? I believe so. I'm sorry, I thought that we did. Well, I have a presentation. It wasn't in there, so when, did I just miss it in our conversation? I, th I mean, I, we had, oh, sure. Yeah. Hi, Executive Director Sofis. Yeah, at the beginning of that meeting, we said, well, we have this hearing coming up, and do you have any questions in advance? And we said that that could be the first part, and you said we have no questions Correct, but I, did you mention anything about amendments? I didn't see anything about amendments. I didn't receive anything from you about amendments, unless there was something I missed. The, We're talking about the additional 10 million, the additional three million. I don't remember that conversation. Yeah, we didn't go into it that day. That's correct. correct. So 
what happened between our conversation yesterday and now, why, is this, why am I just now hearing about these amendments? I guess is my question. I think with respect to the concern that colleagues are rightfully raising about we trying to get better at having some preview to what authorities we would need, my team recommended and wanted to bring it before you today, the contracting authority for funding beyond the end of this year because it was made clear to us by our partners that if we didn't have purview beyond the end of this fiscal year, we would again be at risk in a few months of folks being laid off. So it's really our ability to try to bring forward to you as quickly as we could the guidance that we're getting from community. And I'm supposed to believe you didn't know this yesterday. Uh, I did not know that we were not clear in conveying that to all of you beforehand. Just a, a quick question for uh, the BLA, and I know you don't have much information either. Do you know, do you agree with the statement that they would have to lay off folks as early as April if we don't in include this huge increase? I do believe there would be a significant uh, impact on the services because the money that they're, or the funds that, or the contract amendment they're asking for, part of it is for services that have already been provided. So I think that if it's cut now, in order to make up for that, there'd probably be um, an outsized impact um, on those on those programs. But again, I wouldn't, I don't, wouldn't know exactly what that would add up to. It just seems awfully peculiar to me that nobody knew this yesterday, and I have to find this out right before I come to a budget committee hearing. Um, I do have an unrelated question. Just as we go through the budget process, I'll have a lot of these unrelated questions. Would you say the services that Urban Alchemy provide through the Community Ambassador Program allow us to not need more police presence? And you're about to answer the question while you're asking for 13 million more dollars or something like that. You know, uh, supervisors, I think that they are uh, complementary roles, um, although these aren't police uh, functions. It's, it's a social engagement, like they said, but I do think it, um, when we've had some blocks that have been, you know, uh, very heavily impacted by drug dealing and other drug use, it's, if police are doing their part, there's a, a role for ambassadorship to sort of extend and, and preserve the sort of spaces that have been created. So, yeah, I do think it relieves the police from having to be a sort of scarecrow or something, um, just standing out there um, and really focus on their more highest and best use and allows or really probably a more appropriate uh, engagement with people that might be in crisis um, with some social emotional intelligence and some interaction that they can get from an ambassador program. So yeah. I, think it does, I think it does help extend what the police can do. Yeah, I would say it's probably more than just complimentary. The relationships that they build in community, the people that they know, the fact that they're around 24-7, the fact that they have similar experiences, and the majority of the time I see the Urban Alchemy team working, there are no police presence, and they actually are doing a wonderful job of de-escalating, of 
making sure that crime is deterred. So I just wanted to, you know, hear from, from the professionals in the work as well. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Walton, Vice Chair Mandelman. Thank you, thank you, Chair Chan, and um, you know I'm supportive of both of these uh, items and inclined to support the amendments. But I, um, I, I am, I do think the the rollout seems a little unclear, and even the presentation that you just presented, I almost leaned into the chair and asked, did, did they did they present the amendments? Um, and the just in dollar figures, the amendments are larger than what you're asking us in the underlying thing. And I feel like I'm good to go through the end of June. I'm good to go through the end of December because honestly, I don't see the need for either of these services going away. We are going to continue to have police staffing shortages. We are going to continue to be worrying about losing convention uh, and, and other tourism dollars from downtown. We're going to continue to have a moral obligation to the tenderloin and a, and a need to get people onto the streets to keep the sidewalks safe. And we're not going to have the police officers to do it. So I am pretty good with going through either of these dates. And I take Supervisor Safai's point that, like, Yes, let's look more. Let's let's be forward-looking about this. Let's not, you know, come back every two or three months on this. But, but I also feel like this is confusing. <laughs> and I guess I'm wondering if you can explain clearly. And and I think I get it. But just yes, I'm. I'd love to have you walk through this. Why this additional six months of authority is important now. <laughs> Um, why you did not include it in your original proposal. And, um, I mean, you can try to address or not address, you know, whether you should, whether they're, how the presentations happened in a way that weren't clear. Although I, a lot of information comes at me, I very well could have missed all sorts of stuff. So, um, mainly I'd like to know why the additional six months and, um, uh, and, 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 and why wasn't that in what was originally proposed? And I apologize for the confusion. So in the, original, in the original proposed amendment, we were asking for funds through the end of this fiscal year that funded an expansion that was announced in November. And so Supervisor Safai, to your question, we were in front of you in November asking for the amendment to the Mid-Market Foundation grant. As, that, as we were in front of you, an announcement or an announcement and an expansion was was under was just being sort of designed and and requested for the mid market foundation and that was the that is the 3.1 million dollars that we are asking for today the funds to um, increase the contract amount in order to pay for that expansion which began in December um, the additional, so, so that is the funds for the Mid-Market Foundation through the end of the fiscal year. And for the SF Tourism Improvement District, we are also asking for funds through the end of the year. That is a, a combination of the funds that needed to be added to their contract as was originally budgeted, as well as the expansion. We were very focused when we were introducing this, this initial resolution on the urgency of funding those expansions. We realized 
that as of June 30, we are still going to need to continue programming and we, need to we will have to come back to you because of the size of the, of the contract. We will have to seek board approval again in order to make that amendment once we have a confirmed budget. And so we are asking for that contract authority today so that we do not need to come to you in August and ask for those funds when, when you will be on break um, and ask for those funds in order to ensure continuity of service upon the approval of our 23-24 budget. And that is, that is the reason for the additional uh, proposed resolution, the, the amendment to the resolution. Okay, thank you. And to me, that explanation makes sense. I think it could have been yeah. probably clearer. Um, I'm inclined to give you that additional authority, but love to hear what my colleagues have to say. Thank you. Um, sorry, before I go to uh, Supervisor Ronan really quickly, I, I just want to confirm, not with you, but just in general, perhaps either with budget and legislative analyst or with the mayor's office was directed in, in to kind of confirm about uh, really contract in general. You know, when we actually have, we act, this is not the only contract, but there actually is a lot of contract probably expiring with nonprofits, citywide expiring June 30th uh, of this fiscal year. It's actually quite typical for any con city contract expiring. June 30th, and then when the mayor proposed their budget, her budget, on June 1st, and then that's where you go sort of this conversation. There are nonprofits that are out there couldn't, like, really, don't really quite know what will happen to them by July 1st. They sort of have to either plan well in advance or figure out in advance. Madam Chair, um, so I think... Um, one of the reasons why it's coming before the board is because it falls under the, it's it's over $10 million, both over $10 million, right. not over 10 years, obviously, but over $10 million. And the incremental nature of this, um, you know, you have contracts that come before you all the time that go well past one year, five year, 10 years, et cetera. Um, and those... Um, are subject to appropriations every year, but you don't have to hear those contracts every year. I think this is sort of a unique situation where it is a contract over $10 million and it's incrementally being rolled out. I don't know if that's because it's a sort of the short-term nature of the recovery and we don't know how long we're going to need these services, um, but that's my understanding. Thank you. Supervisor Rongman. Thank you. Um, just trying to gather my various thoughts here. Um, I understand the, the <coughs> short-term nature of the welcome ambassadors, but this, I don't believe that the urban alchemy uh, ambassadors, and hello everyone, I didn't realize you were all right here, <laughs> um, that the urban alchemy ambassadors are short-term. Um, and so I, I don't understand the incremental sort of approach to that. Um, I do have legislation that I will be introducing relatively shortly that's going to require departments to enter in multi-year contracts with nonprofits, with cost escalators for cost of doing business every year. Hopefully that will take care of this in the future, but I, you know, I, I just don't understand why we're, we've been approaching this in such a piecemeal or like incremental way. 
I, I mean, I appreciate that question, Supervisor. And the Urban Alchemy program began in the fall of 2021. And I do think that it was a, it was a brand new program. Okay. It was responding to a situation on the ground that was evolving in real time. And, and we originally, uh, the Tenderloin Linkage Center did not exist. Um, and so we originally awarded a much smaller amount for an ambassador program in the mid-market and the Tenderloin community based on the situation that was evolving in the ground, the emergency order around the Tenderloin, the Tenderloin Linkage Center. We expanded that program and funding towards that program significantly, which is what triggered us needing to come to this, to this committee uh, originally. And that was November of last year. And now we are, and now we do hope that with DEM, we will be able to get a much more stable handle on what are the needs going forward into the future and achieve exactly that stability. Mm -hmm. It's just that this has happened over a year and this is evolving yeah. right now. That, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I it feels like Urban Alchemy has been around for so long, but you're so new, <laughs> relatively speaking. You've become so integral so quickly, uh, but that, that actually, that makes a lot of, a lot of sense to me. Um, I guess, and, just, and this is more for the mayor's office and for um, Budget Director Dunning, I, it, I've just never been at this point of the budget process or, you know, the fact that budget and appropriations committee is active so we're in session and you know we've got a da budget supplemental a police budget supplemental my overdose prevention center supplemental a dpw supplemental um we've got you know this contract just in last minute being extended into next year and i don't know but everything we're hearing is that we have a massive budget deficit <laughs> So I, 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 it's a weird place to be um, and, 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 and doesn't make us feel as budget committee members very comfortable that we're, we've just started the budget process this year. We're, we're expecting a major deficit and having to make major cuts and we have sort of an unprecedented number of budget supplementals before us. And then we have contracts that we're asking to go into next year when we haven't even really started our budget process. So it just, I, I just want to put that out and uh, uh, to the mayor's budget director and just say, you know, what's your thinking about all of this? Because this doesn't feel very responsible. Hi, Supervisor Ronan. Thank you for the question. Anna Duning, mayor's budget director. Um, I think first on this item before you, this is about funding that's been appropriated in the current year. And again, to clarify next year, it's simply giving the department the contract authority. There still need to be discussions about the budget for next year. At the same time, there are separate supplementals before you um, that I look forward to having robust conversations about what that means for next year's budget. But all I can say to you now is that these are, these are some of the biggest questions we will have in terms of balancing next year's budget is around our investments in, in public safety and downtown and how to balance those with the needs with the rest of the city. So these are things that we're taking seriously. We are just starting to look at sort of options and ways to balance this year's budget. It's still early 
And I look forward to having a lot of these conversations with you all about what it's going to take and where to invest the resources that we do have. Okay, and you know, just a preview for, for next week, um, and you know, I'm, <laughs> to the press out there, I'm not saying I'm not gonna support it. There's been a lot of accusations against our budget chair and many of us who haven't signed on as co-sponsors before we've even had a chance to answer questions. Um, but I just wanna note for the record um, that while uh, Urban Alchemy doesn't replace the work of the police, um, they do a tremendous job, and you know, I too am a huge fan of alleviating the need for uh, footbeat officers to, um, you know, make people feel safe and welcome in the neighborhood. Uh, you have the street crisis response team um, that has diverted over 16,000 calls from the police department to the fire department and, um, you know, public health, really a nonprofit, but under the supervision of public health. You don't usually have departments receiving so much assistance um, in other ways um, from other types of interventions because the city believes that you cannot solve poverty issues with police. Um, and most of the issues that we're facing are about poverty. Um, but I just, I just need to put that out there because there's this simplistic conversation that's taking place out there in the media that I feel like the mayor's office is promoting that's casting blame on the Board of Supervisors and calling our, out our budget chair for being irresponsible for taking one week like to schedule something um, that I just, it, 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 it doesn't feel like the full discussion. And like Supervisor Safai said, it is our job on this Board of Supervisors to make sure that we are fulfilling our role, and, and it's, a, it's a relatively small role in a $14 billion budget, when we literally have about a month, one month, to review $14 billion of spending, to say, hold up, we have some questions, and then to be blamed and accused of not supporting something when we haven't even taken a position on it. I just have to, to put that out there, hold up everyone, We've got some questions. It's our job to ask questions. <laughs> and as we create these new programs, you know, to relieve work off the police, um, let us understand how they all intersect as we're being asked to add more money to these programs, um, which, you know, w we tend to want to do because we love what we're seeing. But, you know, it feels like you're you're accused of not supporting law enforcement if you have some questions about how this stuff is interacting. So I just wanna, I wanna put that out there. Um, and is there anything else I wanted to say? Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely for the, the items that were before us that were noticed, uh, that we got to read the budget legislative analyst report, 
excited to move those forward. I guess I'm looking to my colleagues um, about what you want to do about the proposed amendments. I do understand the answers to the questions and appreciate them. Um, they make sense to me and, and, and I appreciate that this is also new for all of us. Um, but I also don't, have this been fully vetted enough for you all? And you know, I, I'm curious what you, what you all think. I'm, I'm not sure what to do about that, these new amendments. Thank you, uh, Supervisor Rona. I think that uh, for what I'm seeing is uh, based on the recommendation from the budget and legislative analyst report is really here and, and I had the chance to really with the mayor's office and with Sam Dodge here and along with other city departments, I, I just want to list out all the ambassador programs that currently exist or I mean they title as ambassador or clearly I, I do believe they have very different function, um, but they all name as ambassador. We, we, today, the two contracts before us, one is the mid-market ambassador, one is the downtown ambassador. Uh, meanwhile, we do have our community benefits districts out of which they, too, have their own ambassador program, which typically do cleaning, um, sometimes wellness checks, and, and, and those also exist for both our Union Square business uh, or Union Square community benefit districts, Tenderloin community benefit districts. Um, and, and, and few others. And then we also have our retired police officers ambassador. That is another program that seems to be also very um, uh, oftenly re often uh, requested uh, by different uh, supervisorial districts. And then we also have um, <laughs> the Department of Public Works uh, ambassador or really the clean corridors or block cleaners uh, program, which is referenced in here uh, uh, by the uh, budget and legislative, legislative analyst report. Um, here, they, their job for the Department of Public Works specifically is clean, the block cleaners program is, is cleaning blocks. And then we also have the Office and Civic Engagements and Immigration Affairs, which is OSEA, also known as OSEA. They also have an ambassador program. Uh, in the last couple years, though, their ambassador program, which I know that and I learned specifically, uh, uh, including um, because of anti-Asian hate, have senior escort program uh, with these ambassador escorting uh, specifically, you know, monolingual or Asian seniors. Uh, uh, escorting them uh, for their chores and uh, outdoor activities. With that said, I think that is also why the recommendation from the budget and legislative analyst uh, is here to say that requesting Sam Dodge and from Department of uh, uh, Emergency Management and Office of Economic and Workforce Development as well as Department of Public Health and everyone to really come together. Um, and, and because also on top we have the street crisis team um, and, and now knowing that all of them put together is really what Mr. Dodge has talked about as a street response uh, effort. How do we coordinate it citywide specifically for the upcoming fiscal budget 23-24, which frankly the additional amendments of the 10 millions and 3 millions really is coming from, is really coming from the upcoming budget proposed, well, yet to propose budget. So. I am inclined, though, um, knowing that we do need um, urban alchemy, we do need our downtown ambassador, originally proposed is uh, what is before us today until June 30th, 
2023 through this throughout this fiscal year and frankly that's a lot of our nonprofit contractors and 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 that it's all across the board that there are contracts expiring uh, people are waiting and hearing and and having ongoing dialogue right now it's March with the mayor's office uh, and trying to figure out the, the, the upcoming proposed budget in June. So I'm inclined to support what is before us today. Um, and then I would hope that we can continue to have this conversation to say, how do we better coordinate it? How can we better support? Perhaps the contract will be different, maybe the same, but maybe different. And maybe it's a bigger contract that it's more inclusive. And with the dollar amount that tell us a, a, a better picture about how the spending is going to be for the upcoming one or hopefully two fiscal year. Supervisor Safai. Thank you. Thank you, Chair, for clarifying your position. I, I just want to just amplify some of the points that Supervisor Ronan and some of the others have made. Um, this idea that this body is being irresponsible, I, 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 I on its face reject, just 100%. Because I can tell you when we hit COVID, when there was a two-year budget, a lot of things were taken out from the mayor's office in the second year funding. And that was utilized to fund so many of the services that were happening in the city. And so here we are, we're being asked, when we're facing a $700 million shortfall that might have improved a little bit, depending upon how that money ends up getting allocated either for this year or next year, by maybe 50 million. So we're about a 650 million. Now we're being asked to take money from the upcoming year before those conversations. And by the way, I want to support the downtown um, welcome ambassadors, and I want to continue to support Urban Alchemy. Um, but I feel like we've been given a devil's choice in some ways because this contract, and I just want to highlight it, it literally has been amended three or four times. It came back just as recent in November, asking us to extend this to June 30th. So you've already done that. So it's not like you didn't know in November that they, we would be facing this problem about not extending this contract beyond June 30th. So I just, I, I need to hear more from the department because it seems like we're being asked to make this difficult decision when in fact you were just here a couple of months ago asking for this extension. So I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why it wasn't thought about just a couple months ago that you would be facing this cliff and putting Urban Alchemy and the Welcome Ambassadors in this position. I also want to highlight another thing, just to be fair, you know, this body, and I know people have heard me say this a million times, and I'm sorry, I'm not complaining, but it was a moment in this body's history when we went through a 22-hour hearing. We were called into an emergency hearing session on Christmas Eve to talk about setting up an emergency linkage center in the Tenderloin on UN Plaza. So talking about fits and starts, we spent millions of dollars on that, millions. And I would argue in many ways it created a, a more, a worse situation that now, now all of a sudden, here we are three months of amendments from the same mayor's office asking us now to consider extending and doing additional things. So it doesn't feel like there's a coordinated and well thought out plan. It feels like it's just constant reaction. And then if we don't act immediately within a third, you know, within a 
30-second time period, you know, the clock ran out, and we're the one that's causing this. this and that's not fair. That's not fair to this body. And, and to use Supervisor President Peskin's point, there needs to be more collaboration between the mayor's office and this board on these topics and many other topics. It, it doesn't feel like collaboration. Like, I appreciate what you said, Sam, about not wanting to leave you on plaza empty and there was some additional leftover money. And that makes sense. That makes sense to me. You want to have presence because there was a lot of additional issues that were created by the linkage center. And now here we are and we're being asked to extend this even further. I think these are good things. I walk Market Street and the Tenderloin all the time. And I can tell you significant improvements have been made. I can tell you in the downtown area significant improvements have been made from these welcome ambassadors. But the way that this is being done, it's not thoughtful and it's not collaborative. So, Supervisor, just to respond, on the November 2nd hearing, my understanding is that we did ask for an option to extend the contract through December 31st, and that was not approved. Um, what we are doing today is trying to amend the resolution so that we have contract, uh, so that we have the authority to amend the contract upon receiving a confirmed budget. And it's really just so that, so that exactly to your point, we do not need to come to you in fits and starts, depending on what our approved budget is. So we can may, I just ask yeah. one question? So what's gonna happen in, in September of this year when that contract's about to run out at the end of the, at the and it's, again, it's not fiscal year, it's calendar year. So what happens on January 1, 2024? So I, am, I expect that if our, I'm gonna just back up. In, in our two-year budget that we proposed last year and was approved, the amounts that we proposed to continue the Mid-Market Foundation grant for the safety ambassadors was 12.4 million. The amount that we approved, uh, uh, that we amount the, that we proposed and was approved for the uh, welcome ambassadors was five million. We recognize that in the budget process, these numbers are likely to change. And, and I don't know what the full funding is going to be for the next program year. What we are hoping for today is that we can amend, we will be given the authority to amend the contract so that we can continue services into the next program year once we have an approved budget without disruption and based on what that approved budget is, we may need to come before you again in order to am amend the contract if the 12, I mean, if you're approving $10 million today. I get it. That's, yeah. that's my point. So I feel like we're in this endless cycle. Like you're going to be back. These folks, instead of being on the street or out with their families or doing their, whatever it may be, you're going to be back in here again in September, October saying this contract's about to expire. We need to extend it past December 30. So to, to Supervisor Ronan's point, you know, it seems like it would be more thoughtful to have a better time period covered. Listen, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in support. I, I want to see this program continued. Mm -hmm. I think it's doing phenomenal work. I know the impact that it's having out there on the street. I, I don't, but this is a, this is a separate, fun, like we, we are the fiscal agent. We are the budget and finance and appropriations committee, and we're being asked constantly to come back 
and make these short-term amendments and then have these trade-offs with other conversations. Like, to Supervisor Pres uh, Board Chan's, um, Chair Chan's point, there are a lot of nonprofits in the city that would love to have their funding passed through the fiscal year to the end of the year. Absolutely. The line will be out the door. Out the door. And I get it why we're doing this right now in this particular area. There's a lot of social ills that we're trying to address and also give wonderful opportunities for reentry and job opportunities and growth and community building. And that's all the stuff that Urban Alchemy is about and the welcome ambassadors. I'm all for that. But this is not thoughtful planning. I, I just have to say, I, I just want to underscore that because of so much of the criticism that's being hurled our way. And I think that's, it's not fair. And I, I mean, I think the only thing that I can respond with is that we do hope that, again, we will be able, with the partnership with DEM, to move into a more stable, to a more stable cycle. But again, because of the size of the contract, upon our budget being approved, we will have to come back to this body in order to get approval to amend the contract. And we just don't want to have to do that in the middle of budget and, and risk not getting scheduled, not getting the approval in order to be able to amend the contract. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Supervisor Walton. Thank you, Chair Chan, and, and we are in the middle of budget. Um, but I, I do just want to say, you know, I think we all would be better served with something more comprehensive that gets us through entire fiscal years. Um, I mean, we ask other city departments to do that. We ask our nonprofits to, to be able to tell us exactly what they're going to spend money on and how long they need to do it. We ask them to budget that way and do it. So, you know, that, that is something that I think we are trying to get across. We need to, to, to be better at projecting what our needs are going to be so we can fund at least through fiscal years. Um, and I, I, I do just want to say that at the end of the day, it is irresponsible for us to continue to put a narrative out there that we are in the most dire budget situation. Our economy is tanking. We're in the most treacherous fiscal position, but we want supplemental after supplemental. We want to this major deficit, but we want to ask this body to approve large amounts of money when we know city departments have cost savings, which would be more responsible to use cost savings than going into general fund reserves or going into any reserves. So like, we have to make up our mind what narrative we want out there. We're in great financial position or we're not, and if we're not, then we need to be mindful of that as we talk about spending as we move forward. Thank you, Supervisor Walton, Vice Chair Mandelman. Um, thank you, Chair Chan. It, it, it sounds like um, the OEWD is, uh, uh, is going to have to be back here at, at some point. Um, you're either coming back in the fall or you're going to try to come back here even before July 1st. Um, I'm inclined to try and give you at least till the fall, and so I will move um, your amendments. I don't know if there's a second, but I will do that. Thank you. Um, I, I, I wanna say, um, can I call on 
Director um, Dinan. 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 Thank you. I, I just have a, a question about this contract and, and where we're at. Hi, right. Budget Chair Chan. Yes, Anna Duning. Duning. Um, yes. Thank you. Um, I, I think the question is, uh, you know, we, we had this conversation with Mr. Dodge, too, about just overall ambassador program. Is it the mayor's office, uh, you know, uh, intention working with city departments to actually uh, continue this contract and be part of uh, the mayor's budget proposal on June 1st? Because I, I think that's really what I want to understand. My assumption, again, is that we will continue the ambassador program, that we will continue the downtown program and that the mayor is going to continue to consider these programs as part of her budget proposal when we comes June first. Could you confirm for us? So yes, absolutely. Part of um Supervisor Chan, the commitment we've made to you and part of what we'll be doing over the next few months is looking at all these programs holistically and determining what we are able to fund in next year's budget. And but just to clarify the contract, the next year's budget will be proposed by the mayor on June 1st, and then um, you all will have your deliberations, and then we'll have a budget signed sometime in July, but not officially assigned, assigned until August. So this is where the actual the budget timeline does not line up with the current contract timeline. So while we will have an opportunity to determine the level of funding for next year, and then OEWD will come back at some point to amend their contract based on whatever we all collectively decide through the budget process. We want to be able to give them the authority to keep the contracts whole as we go through that process. Does that make sense, Supervisor? I mean, I, I mean, why I, they still need the contract authority? I think another way to put it is. Um, there wouldn't, if the contract authority ends June 30th, there won't be time for them um, to then come to you again um, and extend the contract while we're going through the budget process. Sure, but I mean, I think that um, we're also trying to figure out, I mean, I think part of the recommendation is that we're trying to figure out uh, with everyone here that is listed in the budget and legislative analyst report that we're trying to have a coordinated effort and perhaps through that coordinated effort that we can have a better understanding about the contract, all contracts for the long term and therefore you could come back either in June or even before June if necessary. So just help us better understand the terms and conditions of the contract, not just through the calendar year, but perhaps that you could come back with a better contract uh, proposal that help us understand. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, is that not possible? What is the timeline that we, we're going to actually hear back from uh, you, Mr. Dodge, for, for, for all these efforts? Supervisor Sam Dodge, Department of Emergency Management. I do um, hope in a meeting with you, I understand that you want to have a really tight turnaround um, with an analysis sort of globally of, of all the ambassador investments we're making as a city and how this fits in and how what role it can play. Um, 
and I have committed to do that. I, you know, I felt like six months was a responsible amount of time. I understand that that's not possible for your budget um, considerations, and you want a much tighter timeline. I think the analysis will be sort of stunted by that, but it can definitely um, work towards that. I think one of the things that is tricky a little bit with contracting for public services is the issuance of RFPs and the process that that can be quite extensive. There's a lot of contestation around those RFPs. There's the soliciting of the bodies to neutral arbitrators to read those and assess those. Those are not gonna happen by June 30th, unfortunately. We just can't move like that as a city. Um, this is a contract that as we stated, you know, it was kind of in the height of COVID. There was an initial investment. It was increased with the tenderloin emergency. We have this shifting underground titanic changes in the city with, with work from home and downtown and an international drug crisis and other things that this contracts are working in that context of. And so that's why we had this sort of an um, emergency sort of mode with this. And so... I'm part of what I'm hoping for is to, to have some time to do the thoughtful analysis, to have a RFP that's issued that has a longer term vision. Um, and so I just, I concur with all of that you're bringing. This is exactly, we're all looking at the same thing. So I just, I know it's really complicated and I, I'm sorry if I, we didn't communicate it clearly. No. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Rognam. I'll second uh, Supervisor Mandelman's motion. Um, all right, then. I mean, I think for me, I'm not ready to support it for today to actually extending it for a $10 million and a $3 million. Um, I, is it okay? Yeah, I, um, I will, I, I was on the fence too. <laughs> what, what, and I was going to suggest, can't you just bring this, you know, extension at the same time that we're considering the budget? you know, your OEWD's budget, which is another possibility. But I do understand the realities of issuing RFPs and having to plan ahead with organizations. And this doesn't actually appropriate the money. It just gives them the ability to contract. So nothing actually happens until we appropriate the money anyway. So given all that, you realize we don't love the way this came at us last minute. <laughs> Nobody loves the last minute changes. But I think it, we're not... It's not, the, it's not the biggest deal, right? Because we're still not going to make the decision until we appropriate the money. Absolutely. And I just want to clarify, too, though. Um, I, I wanted to actually uh, get a clarification from our deputy city attorney and Pearson here. If we actually move forward and say we actually have to vote to accept these amendments, uh, are they substantive? And will we end up have to continue this item? Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson, yes, the amendments that have been proposed today to add the funds are substantive, so this will need to be continued. So I, I just want to also be clear, then this will actually continue to the next week uh, for the 15 discussion. I personally am hoping, true be told, I am hoping that today we will approve what is before us today and that we can actually have these guys go back and to the streets to do the work that they're here to do and that we can um, have different conversation uh, that is uh, for a longer term uh, to allow us to really like figure out um, this budget 
uh, as a whole, because at the same time, at least we can buy us our some time till June 30th. Once we come to the next week conversation, I think that the conversation next week will actually really help us really put everything together to think about uh, public safety in a very different way, along with our police, our street cleaners, and to really think about the $728 million deficit that we actually have to bridge um, and try to figure out where um, the, the mayor will be in terms of the proposal. Supervisor Safai. Um, I, I appreciate that, Chair Chan. Um, I think that because we're going to, if we make these amendments today, it will get continued and it will be looped into this larger conversation. Um, what makes me feel comfortable with accepting um, these amendments is, as Supervisor Ronan said and others have said, it just gives them the contract authority. We still have to come back during the budget negotiations to finalize the allocation of the resources. So we still, have, we still retain that authority. That wasn't clear to me until I came in here today and heard the final presentation. So that makes me feel better about moving forward with the amendments and then ultimately only, we only are giving them the contract authority and then finally when we get into the budget negotiations we will finalize the final allocation of resources. She's looking at you, Supervisor. Okay, well then why don't we just, uh, with that, we should go to public comment. <laughs> with the motion that, you know, that was called and sec uh, call, uh, the motion that was called by Supervisor, Vice Chair Mendelman and second by Supervisor Ronan, we'll pause that for now and then uh, we will go to the public comments and today I think that uh, given it's already 316 for just two items, uh, I understand we're limited with time, therefore I would like to limit the public comments today by one minute each and uh, Mr. Clerk, please let's go to public comment. Thank you, Madam Chair. <clears throat> Pardon. Uh, members of the public who wish to speak on this uh, on these items and are joining us in person should line up uh, now right along the curtains. Uh, for those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001. Enter the meeting ID of 2497-903-8774 then press pound twice. Once connected, you will need to press uh, star three to enter the speaker line. And for those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and there'll be your uh, queue to begin your comments. And as stated by uh, the chair, we are timing each speaker at one minute for uh, public comment for these items. So yeah, if you could uh, step up and as soon as you start your comments, I'll start your time for one minute, yes. Hi, thank you, uh, honorable supervisors. Uh, my name is Amy Hall, and I work at Trinity at 1145 Market Street. Uh, I also have several thousand residents in the Tenderloin and Mid-Market area, as well as close to 100 employees in that part of the city, uh, more across the city. So many things have not been working in the city uh, for so long, and we came back to a dystopian nightmare uh, in this area at the end of the pandemic. One of the things that's made an incredible uh, positive impact is urban alchemy. Uh, daily, my employees feel safer, my residents feel safer. I've seen um, and heard less interactions where people are being assaulted or having their phones stolen and just their physical presence makes such a, a great difference for us. Every day when I come to work, I start at Lombard, I come down Hyde all the way to Mission, and one of the reasons we need all this cleaning is, is 
you know, the aftermath of the open-air drug markets. Thank you. I do support. Thank you, Amy Hall, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Hi, I'm uh, David Nail at 130 Turk Street. I'm at the 100 block of Turk, which is on your block to be eliminated from Urban Alchemy. Before Urban Alchemy, I couldn't even walk the dog around the block without having to go into the street, into traffic. They were tense. It was just a dystopian nightmare. It was a great way to describe it. But Urban Alchemy has cleaned that all up, and they're part of our community. I see them three, four times when I walk the dog around the street. And they're, they're part of it. They're out there. They're there to help us. Our block has two of the few LGBT businesses that are still struggling to stay out there, and Urban Alchemy is helping them to do that. Thank you. Thank you, David Bell, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Supervisors Chan, Vice Chair Mandelman, Supervisor Ronan, Walton, and Safiye. My name is Jose Pecha with the San Francisco Filipino American Chamber of Commerce, and so as I sat here listening to the dialogue that you guys have so eloquently, you know, posted, you know, your body unfairly is getting criticized for some things that you guys even haven't had a chance to even discuss. And so, from my vantage point, in terms of the Welcome Ambassadors Program for a, a number of our own communities, our perspective is that it's working. It's working like gangbusters. We love it. You guys love it. Let's try to figure this out. I think it's unfair that. You know, as we're building this plane, as we're building this, these programs, it's not fair to kind of, yes, it's very fluid. So everyone's intention is doing the right thing. I think if we get there, everyone with that authentic approach, this, this will keep going. So thank you very much for all you guys do. Thank you. Thank you, Zagichi, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Hello, Supervisor Chan and committee. My name is Stefan Aronson. I've been in San Francisco since 2004. I do the marketing at Beacon Grand on Union Square as well as advocating for entertainment in the city. Uh, I feel a lot of social media comments from people saying that San Francisco has changed and I'd like to say that it's positive when I can uh, rebuttal those comments by saying it's changed but it's changed in a positive way and show uh, people who are visiting San Francisco what we're doing to try to make San Francisco safe and better and I appreciate what you guys have done in order to create programs that do that like the ones that we're talked about today. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan Erickson, for your comments. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon. My name is Robert Diaz. Um, I work for the Welcome Ambassadors team. And uh, I just, um, sorry, uh, I've been with the team for about a year. I like working with it, and I like helping the community. And I think that... Uh, it's a good program, so thank you. Thank you, Robert Diaz. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Supervisor Chan and the Budget and Finance Committee. My name is Chris Hoffman, and I'm a native, native San Franciscan who lives in the Sunset District. I've worked as a welcome ambassador since April of last year, and I love my work because I know that I am the boots on the ground of bringing back in abundance, genuine, positive human interaction to our historically vibrant districts that have been set back from the economic impacts of the COVID pandemic. I have a deep affection for the city and it brings me intrinsic joy to provide local insight to folks who are exploring San Francisco for the first time and to provide convenient guidance 
on how to navigate the city with confidence and to enjoy those places of interest that are most well suited for their particular needs. My proudest moment as an ambassador was connecting with a Moscone Center conference attendee who had booked accommodations at the Yotel Hotel on 7th and Market Street. The speaker's time has expired. That's Thank it. you. Again, so sorry to cut anybody off, but uh, as the chair said, we are timing each speaker at one minute. Uh, doing a last call for any speakers in the chamber who wish to provide testimony on these two resolutions. Seeing no more uh, in-person speakers, uh, we currently have uh, nine members of the public listening to this meeting with five in the queue. Mr. Hsu, uh, can you uh, unmute our first caller, please? Hi, my name is Amy Cleary, and I'm calling on behalf of the Golden Gate Restaurant Association in support of the Welcome Ambassador Program. Ambassadors work every day to engage with residents, visitors, workers, and small business owners with compassion and respect to address public safety issues and improve cleanliness. These positive interactions encourage more people and more groups to visit the city, which helps support our local restaurants who continue to struggle to recover from pandemic-related challenges, particularly on our economic core. Continuing this program will help to support the vitality of our city and will continue to drive business, which is essential to the survival of our restaurants. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Cleary, for your comments. Mr. Hsu, next speaker, please. Hi, my name is Marlo Sandler, and I'm a program manager for the Civic Center Community Benefit District. Conditions in UM Plaza have deteriorated over the past three years. What in the past has been a welcoming public space for lunchtime concerts, arts activities, and night markets is now an unsafe and threatening place to be. The two remaining bright spots in UM Plaza are the heart of the city farmer's market and the dog park. Urban alchemy practitioners are critical to protecting these two remaining community assets. Urban Alchemy's visible presence throughout the vast plaza, along with their approach to de-escalating unsafe situations, is the last safety net left in UM Plaza before outright lawlessness sets in. In the case of the dog park, Urban Alchemy practitioners provide a much-needed oasis for neighborhood dog owners by stewarding a safe and clean place for pets to play every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., with an average of 2,000 visitors a month to the dog park, we owe it to our community to keep this gathering space operating safely under the stewardship of Urban Alchemy. We are hopeful uh, that the additional funding expired. support. Again, so sorry to cut anybody off, but thank you for your testimony, Margaret Sandler. Uh, Mr. Sue, next speaker, please. Yeah, hi, good afternoon, Board of Supervisors. My name is Dale Seymour. Sometimes they call me the old man of mid-market tenderloin. I've been down there 35 years. I have an organization called Tenderloin Walking Tours where I bring groups up to 50 to 100 people through mid-market and UN Plaza. It's been a completely different experience since Urban Alchemy has been on scene. They personally go to my groups and they walk us through, they greet us. They walk us through, and then when we, when we leave mid-market, they thank us for coming. And all of my visitors comment on what a wonderful input we get from Urban Alchemy, and what a wonderful addition to our city. And I'm sure you already got it. You all, so I'm just I'm just uh, adding on to all the other relations that, that people have given. Uh, and I really appreciate Urban Alchemy for what they do. Thank you. Thanks so much, Del Seymour, for your comments. Mr. Shu, next speaker, please. 
You know, supervisors, we don't have the leadership in this city. And we need to call uh, the National Guard. And we need a commander who can do a needs assessment. You supervisors are talking from both sides of your mouth. There are people playing on the poor, the leadership, making $200,000 salary. And you all keep laughing and saying, oh, you know, we'll extend some program. This program, whatever you all are mentioning, was audited and they didn't have their papers, uh, their proper papers. And today you all are praising them. And most of them are not from San Francisco. They come from Compton and other areas. So don't be hoodwinking us in broad daylight. We need a commander to do a needs assessment and stop paying these people 200,000 salaries. Uh, Mr. Sue, next speaker, please. Hello, my name is Leah McGeever. I live in D6, pretty much at 7th and Market. Um, my comment is specifically about Urban Alchemy, not the other ambassador programs. And um, my issues with the org and their agenda, their transparency and their training, um, do they get street harassment training? Because I, my, my, my wife and other women I do know and talk to have been harassed by them on the street. Um, why are you okay with camouflage uniforms that look like a militia? I can't tell the difference between Urban Alchemy and other various people that hang out at Seventh Sun Market now. Um, how do you hold bad players accountable? There's no like name tag. Uh, if you have a complaint, you have to walk into their office and air your complaint in front of all the staff. I've done that. It's not comfortable. Are the staff in danger themselves? They've been shot at. These are civilians that are put like on the front line and do instigate confrontations um, with the people. Um, I have literally seen and heard them harass homeless people, call them things like dirty and smelly. And also, their I don't know, their social media presence is unprofessional. If I can't go into their office and interact with them, but I interact with them online, they just call me a liar or imply that. Like that literally. Again, so sorry to cut anybody off, but we are timing you speaker at one minute, but thank you for your testimony, Liam McGeever. Uh, Mr. Sue, next speaker, please. Hello, Supervisors. It's Debbie Lerman at the Human Services Network. I'm not speaking specifically to these grants, but I want to acknowledge and appreciate the comments made by supervisors today about the challenges that nonprofits face every year when their contracts expire June 30th. We have health and human service nonprofits that all contribute to public safety and health in San Francisco, and those nonprofits continue their services every year without any guarantee that that longstanding support will continue. Some don't even have certified contracts until the following spring. And in the meantime, they're paid at the previous year's level without the increases that are necessary to pay for higher wages, health insurance, and other cost increases. They need to borrow money to remain sustainable until they can fully bill for the prior months. So thank you for recognizing this issue. Thank you for your plans to address it in the future. And thank you for your comments regarding better planning in partnership between the city and our nonprofit sector. Thank you, Debbie Lerman, for your comments. Um, Mr. Sue, next speaker, please. Hello, Supervisor. This is Ken Rich. I'm calling on behalf of the Union Square Alliance, and we're 
in support of moving forward on both of these items. Urban Alchemy has played an important role in and around Union Square, specifically in Halliday Plaza, uh, which for many is the gateway to downtown San Francisco as it connects to widely used transportation modes, BART and Muni. Urban Alchemy's presence has made a huge difference and it's added a layer of security and tranquility that is desperately needed for this location. It's imperative to have a station presence in Halliday Plaza. Urban Alchemy's absence here would be a loss to the community. As for the Welcome Ambassador Program, uh, it has um, made convention attendees, returning commuters and visitors alike feel safer and more welcomed. We hear lots of positive feedback about this service and it is vital to keep it in place to uh, enhance the economic core of our city with programs that further promote safety in Union Square. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ken Rich, for your comments. Um, Mr. Sue, if you could confirm that that was our last speaker. Madam Chair, that was indeed our last speaker. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. That is great. Uh, seeing that no more public comments, public comments is close. Uh, Mr. Clerk, I uh, think that let's call the roll for the motion. Uh, just a, a point of clarification. There was a, a recommendation from the BLA on item two that we also uh, clarified that the contract term begins on July 1st, 2021, yeah. and not 2022. Can we roll that into that motion? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, just roll it in. Okay. So on that motion uh, by Vice Chair Mandelman, seconded by Member Ronan, that the resolution on item one being uh, to increase the grant amount by 10 million, uh, going from 3.1 to 13.1, and to increase the uh, end of the period from June 30th to December 31st. And item number two on, um, yeah, and for item number two to Clarify that the contract term begins on July 1st, 2021, and also to increase the grant amount by $3 million from 3.3 to 6.3, uh, for a total not to exceed amount of 13.2 to 16.2, and increasing the end period from June 30th um, to December 31st, 2023, on, uh, on those motions to amend. Uh, Vice Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Member Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Member Ronan. Ronan, aye. Member Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. We have five ayes. So the motion passes. Um, and with that, uh, with the amended items, though, this will be continue because it's substantive uh, to the next week, March 15. Yes, Chair Chan. Should I call that? Right, so the motion is to continue to March 15th. Very well. Okay, on that, oh, I will need a second. But I need a second. Oh, second by. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> on that motion by Chair Chan, seconded by uh, Member Safai, to continue the resolution uh, to our March 15th meeting as amended. Vice Chair Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Member Safai. Safai, aye. Member Ronan. Ronan, aye. Member Walton. Walton, aye. Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. We have five ayes. Thank you. The motion passes. So the item has been continued to March 15. Uh, that's going to be a great hearing. Thank you. Um, Mr. Clerk, is there anything else that, will, uh, that is before us today? 
Uh, Madam Chair, that concludes our business. Seeing no more other business, uh, this meeting is adjourned.